Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and joining me today is the lovely and talented Christoph Katzbeck. <laughs> I don't think I have heard those two adjectives used to describe what? me. What? Ever, maybe. Oh, Christoph. Maybe, I don't know. Well, let this be the first. Thank you. Yeah. You're so kind. Yes, well... That's what I'm known for in the office. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're kind. Just constant. I'm son of encouragement. S- the, the son of kindness. Um, son, son of kindness. So hey, uh, do you have any? Do you do anything for Fourth of July? Yeah, we did. Oh. We we had a lot. We did a lot of family things. Um, Sarah's brother is visiting from yeah. California. Yeah. Uh, with with his wife and yep. they're um, nine month old now, which is just awesome. Yeah. And so we have been doing um, cookouts and everything just with with family. Um, went down to Appleton on the third and hung out with my family for a little bit. Um, it's basically just been a lot of, a lot of grilling, a lot of cooking yeah. out and, uh, just hanging out in the yard, throwing frisbees. And I may have, I may have referred to your nephew as a niece. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. I apologized. That's, I don't think he's going to listen to this. So I, I think you're okay. No, no. I'm saying in, on Sunday. Oh, you like you, you were in front of, I interacted with them and you called, you called, I said, Oh, is she yeah. asleep? Oh, that's embarrassing. He, oh, I didn't hear about that. So I think you're, I think you're good. Well, in my defense, he was covered up, and yeah. there, and yeah. the only there was only like I thought what I thought was pink. Yeah, like showing, yeah. and which is not a big deal either way. I was just like, I just, I just went for it. Yeah, and he's a nine month old, and I mean, yeah, I couldn't see his face. Baby. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. he has a very masculine face. A completely masculine. I did not. Yeah. I did not. Yeah, see. absolutely. <laughs> that's full beard so, underneath. Full you beard. I wouldn't yeah. notice. Uh, yeah. yeah, like you know. <laughs> chiseled chiseled jaw <laughs> yeah okay full yeah. adam's apple like all the things yeah all the things but it was just, but it was covered it was you know you yeah. saw eyes and so anyway fourth yeah. of july it's great so yeah it's great how about you no uh just had friends or family visiting so we lit off some fireworks saw some fireworks nice all right i don't is it legal in wisconsin to set off fireworks i think so okay, i good. mean my neighbors sure think so so well everybody's neighbor yeah. thinks so <laughs> so i true. just like <laughs> i guess it's just uh yeah, it may be. Like, we are at the point though where it's not exciting for our kids with fireworks. Oh yeah, yeah. They do. They they don't That's like when you set things on fire. Well, they just they don't the like the loud noises at all. Yeah, and so yeah. I gotta be honest, I'm not a fireworks guy. No, me neither. I'm not. This is where if Robbie was in here, he'd say, "Yeah, you talked about that last year." Probably, but nobody probably. else pays attention. Nobody knows if I did or didn't. But yeah, I'm not. I am not really a. Uh, not really a fireworks. I guy. completely was as a kid. I am not as an adult. I wasn't even as a kid. I thought they no. were boring. Uh, well, I mean, we used to do, I, I think if, well, we used to do the not smart stuff like throwing them in trash cans and oh, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So as a kid, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. A- I, as an adult, that terrifies me a little bit. So I did always like the snapper thing, the snap. Well, those are fun, but those yeah. aren't really fireworks. There's No. I was going to say there's it's no fire involved. You they, sneak up behind somebody and do it. And yeah. like, do you ever do it where you snap them in your fingers? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, I was doing that. Yeah. You're trying to be a little dangerous, you know? Yeah. yeah. People say, Does, doesn't that hurt? I'm like, not me. No. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, you get down to business. Yeah. yeah. So 4th of July weekend, which is National Youth Minister Speaking Day. No, that's the that's a, Sunday the, in between Christmas and yeah. New Year's. But this is pretty close, too. It's pretty close. Yeah, Tom back in the sound booth was like, oh, you're preaching. And then he's like, yeah, that sounds about right with the date. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, in fairness, I was, I was out of town leading up to right. it. We went right. backpacking, or not backpacking. I went off-roading. I yeah, um, you guys had quite the journey. Yeah, we had a lot of fun going out to Colorado and back and off-roading and everything. So I got back in time for service, but I would, yeah, that was not the plan to have me 
preach. So you right. did, yep. and you did a fantastic job. Thank uh, you. We were in Acts 15, right? Yep, yep. End of it. End of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I promise I was there. No. All right. So, so the the recap, and then I have a couple of questions yeah. um, about it. But you, you you dealt with Paul and Barnabas separating as they wanted to go out on. They wanted to go back and revisit churches. You know, mm-hmm. they'd started to go back on this missionary journey again. But there was a there was a division because uh, Barnabas wanted to include John Mark, who had abandoned them. The first on the first go around, yeah. and John Mar- or Barnabas wanted to include him, and Paul did not, and so that ended up leading to a split between Paul and Barnabas. So it's a really interesting passage, um, and I thought you did a really good job of pointing out um, some of the unique things about it that that it was important enough to include. It was a big enough deal to include, but there's no resolution to it. Like we don't we don't know we don't know who was right, who was wrong. You kind of. Uh, you kind of dealt with that. So it sounded like you were saying um, it never matters who's right and who's wrong. And <laughs> yep. And so whatever, so whatever we might be dividing on, we just need to live and let live. You be Obviously, you. Yeah. And whatever you believe is fine and just don't worry about it. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. That was it. Nailed it. Shut the book. We're good. Great. We're done. All right. No. Thanks for joining us. No, and, that's not, oh. that's obviously not what I meant. Okay. Um. No, I think that what it ended up being was kind of the perfect model, maybe not the perfect model, but it was a model of what does it look like to disagree upon something, recognize that it is it is something worthwhile for, for both parties to pursue where they feel God is calling them and to see where the fruit of that lays. Um, because there are tons of reasons and tons of things where separation, division, um, disagreements, arguments happen and they're not fruitful. They are... I think I said in in the sermon, it just they, they feel petty. They feel like it it it's unworthy of of that sort of attention. And I felt like Acts fifteen, when you actually dig down to it, it it felt like both of them were seeking and were were going based upon a conviction that they had uh, for what they believe God was calling them to do. And they were saying like, this is where I I believe God is really calling me to pour myself into. And I, and I think we do see the fruit of that. I think we see both the fruit of it from Paul later on in his next missionary journeys. And then I think we see the fruit of it in the fact that Paul commends John Mark later on. And we see a restoration of John Mark and we see uh, that he is is used for not just for the gospel, but I, I really was taken back by the fact that he is the, the dude who wrote the gospel of Mark. Um, and and so I, I just, I think that that's a, that's a beautiful story of both people following that and God using that in in an incredible way yeah i think i think we love to look at these situations and we think that there's a right and a wrong and there and there isn't always like sometimes it's just a disagreement over what does it look like to be faithful and paul deals with this a lot in his letters about and you you drew drew it out about um, whether to eat meat or not like um whether what day you see as as holier than another day or any of these things and i think um, you know, a couple of things that play into this are, are like our personalities. So you pointed out really well that Barnabas is the son of encouragement. That's his, literally his name. And that's like, it's his nickname. That's what the, he goes by. And so it shouldn't surprise us that he's the one who wants to give John Mark another chance. And that he thinks, he thinks like, that's the most important thing he could be doing. It's so important that he's willing to divide from Paul over it. Whereas Paul is certainly, 
painted as a little more, you know, a little less concerned with the immediate around him. Like even in his own sufferings, he's, he's like, he's driven to go and declare the gospel. And so he very well could have been looking at it and saying, look, I don't, John Mark's going to be fine. You know, he's going to, he's going to land on his feet. He's going to be fine, but we need to go accomplish this. And so I'm, I'm just not, I'm not dealing with that right now. Um, and I think they can both in their personalities be faithful in how they are responding that like God uses those different personalities to, um, to accomplish, accomplish his purposes. And one of the things that we do when we think that there's like, everything is black and white and we make everything of like, well, this is the way you should handle this situation. And this is what you should say. You you're eliminating the fact that God wires us differently and that we are a body as a whole and that John Mark needed to be restored, but that God put Barnabas there to do that. Paul's job was not to do that for John Mark. Paul's job was to go on with his exactly, mission, yeah. and John Mark's or, or, or Barnabas's job was to um, was to help restore John Mark. Right, exactly, and I and I think that so just to even go back to what you're originally saying, so so that was a a, a good reason for them to go those separate parts. But what you were also saying is there are sometimes where we do need to separate and go. Or, uh, sorry. Um, where did my brain go with that one? Man, I had a... Th- <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I was I think hanging this is on something going. and then my brain just went blank. Like, I think one of the things we need to understand is there's a difference between separating and dividing. Yeah, that's like good. Division yeah. in the body is bad. Like separating, kind of going your separate ways isn't always a bad thing. We have partnerships with churches in the area that we love and that we think are proclaiming the gospel and we know that we will see in heaven and that we are part of Big C Church with... But we do, we go about ministry, we, we kind of would say, um, yeah, it's, it's good for us to kind of pursue what, faithfulness to God, and it's going to look different than the way it's going to look for you. Yeah. And that's different than dividing. We divide when there is a doctrinal issue or a gospel issue that is at stake, and we say, man, I don't think, like there's a difference between saying, I to be faithful myself, I need to go this road and that to be faithful as a Christian, you need to be on this road. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Like, yes. Yeah. And I think that gives us kind of a clue as to, well, when do you, when do you divide and when do you just kind of say, you know, Hey, to each his own. So, so you think, um, you think that to, to reach people, you should go about in this method or whatever. And that's like, that's not how I'm wired and my conscience doesn't allow that for whatever reason, but I, I don't, it's, it's not clearly unbiblical or unfaithful or a false gospel or anything like that. And so that would be more of a, okay, you go your way. I'm going to go my way and we'll meet up in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's those issues with things that are theologically heavy that we would say, I, I think one of the ones that we have, we have used, and I, I think you've even used it on Sunday mornings is like the issue of baptism, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are, theologically convicted as Baptists that we believe in believers immersion baptism. We believe that that's what the scripture calls for. But we we have brothers and sisters in like Presbyterian churches that believe in infant baptism. They they strike a um they strike a, a good argument for one that we wouldn't say we think is is that convincing, but uh they have they have the gospel. They love Jesus. They want to uh they want to impact this world for the gospel and for Jesus. Uh, we would say, "Okay, we're you know, we're going to worship 
a little separately, but we also recognize, yeah, in, you know, we will be celebrating and worshiping before the Lord in heaven together, and we also have this this common goal. Um, and so I have to I have to imagine, you know, we we never, like I said, we don't really hear about Barnabas later on, but there has to be times where Paul and Barnabas rub shoulders again, and I, sure. I, I, I'm sure it's fine, you know, and and it's good, and. I, I am sure in heaven we will see both Paul and Barnabas, you know, before uh, before the Lord. And uh, I think it's important to recognize those and have um, maybe just have good categories for what that looks like. What is something that's worth? And you, you made a good category of separating versus dividing. I think it's good to have those those two categories. And sometimes you don't know in the moment, like you're trusting. I'm guessing that Paul looked at Barnabas and had tons of respect for Barnabas. And so if Barnabas felt like that's what God was calling him to do then Paul probably was somewhat supportive of that, or at least said like, okay, well, you know, go. Um, but it's hard to know sometimes of, all right, well, what, what is a central issue and what isn't a central issue? And, you know, you brought up, um, you kind of tiptoed around the idea of, of what we've dealt with, which a lot of churches have dealt with is people leaving, especially in the last couple of years, because there's been, um, the question of, of division around particular issues that we would say these are not central issues, but there also has been separation. There's been both of those. Yeah. There have been, um, there have been people who have left and because their conscience wouldn't allow them to stay, they felt like to be faithful, they needed to go. And, and I would say kind of the, the, the evidence of whether that was like biblical or godly or not is probably what's then happening. So, Barnabas goes on with John Mark and they do incredible ministry and Paul goes on and he does incredible ministry. Like they are continuing to be faithful. Um, you know, if, if the next chapter had been and Barnabas and John Mark like set up shop and forgot about the gospel, they just sold know, idols just, all over yeah, Greece. Just sold, yeah. You'd say, Oh, okay. Well that turns out they probably weren't really being faithful. Um, yeah. but they were, and God worked through those, those situations. And so I think, I think we have to right now in this time where we're trying to figure out these different issues and we find ourselves often disagreeing with people that we maybe had agreed with for decades and now all of a sudden there feels like the threat of division or there feels like separation. Um, and and I, think, I think part of it, what you communicated that was so important was we need to stop boiling everything down into black and white, like mm-hmm. right and wrong. Right. Like we have to allow that the Holy Spirit is is alive and, and dwells every believer and calls you to do something different than he's calling me. And one of the ways that we've seen this in the past is um, when we get a passion for something and then we think everybody should have that same passion. Right, yeah. And you don't realize like, no, we're the body of Christ. So you might have a, a passion for helping single mothers. You know, like if somebody comes to me and says like, I just want to help single moms or single dads. Like I just... Like that's such a burden on them. Like I, I just think the church should be about this. And I would say, yes, the church should be about this. But then what will happen often is they say like, well, I only need a hundred people to help with this. And we have hundreds of people. So why they shouldn't be that hard to get a hundred people to help. And they get discouraged by the fact that not everybody else is reorienting around this particular outreach or this particular ministry but they don't understand that this person over here is radically caring for orphans. And this person over here is dealing like often with the homeless population. And this person over here is heavily involved in the public schools and reaching right. people to that. And, and you realize like, okay, just because you have a different path, like just because 
God has given me this passion, this desire, that doesn't mean that everyone else should have that. Um, they should appreciate it and they should understand it, but they're not all going to have that. And, and and so there might be like going your separate ways in the sense of, well, I'm going to go pour myself into this over here and I'm going to celebrate what you're doing over there, but I, I'm not going to be over there on that road because I, I can only be in one place at one time. Exactly. Right? And that's, and that's so like, that's kind of what really struck me is there's such a difference between the person who has a, a, a burning passion for a group or for a specific need. And there's the difference between that and a person who you can, and I hate calling out imaginary people like building, you know, the straw man, but I'm going to for a second, like the person who it's all about their preferences and what they want and what they're getting. So they'll go, I don't like this style of music or I don't like the certain way they preach. So, well, are they presenting the gospel? Are they giving opportunities for you to serve those in this area? Well, yeah, but I don't like this. And I, I know like the kind of the cliche thing over the years has been like the, the carpet color, you know, they separate over the carpet color and how, how silly is that? But um, there are f- other silly things that we end up separating over that, that aren't those because, and this is what I think is modeled with Paul and Barnabas is that they were thinking of others in this separation. Their, mm-hmm. their focus was on this mission that God had placed them on. It wasn't about them. It was about, those who were within this proximity of what what they felt like God was calling them to minister to. And when when we separate out for selfish reasons, when it's not for the sake of the mission, it's not for the sake of what God has convicted us where we're going, it it's going to be empty and hollow. Because whatever you think is going to fill you, whether it's a certain genre of music or a certain style of speaker or a certain style of church building or even start talking about different styles of ministries, they're going to end up being hollow because all it is is you're looking to be entertained. You're looking to be um, fulfilled in certain ways, and that's that's not that you have been you have been saved to be a light, and a light shines on darkness, and that impacts those around them. Mm-hmm. That's just that is a product of it, and I think that that is so wonderfully modeled with Paul and Barnabas. It wasn't about them; it was about the mission that they had set before him, and I. I, I, I'm just, I'm struck by that because we have, we have seen, and I, and I, we've seen it here at faith, but we've also seen it across the, the, the world is that there has been over the last, I would say six to eight years, people who have left churches, some for great reasons, some for, and I'm sure it's happened more over the, the last 20 years or so, some for great reasons, some for not so great reasons. And, and that's where in the sermon, I, I really wanted to hammer in on this idea of what what's the reason? Are you at the center? Is it your pride? Is it who right. you are? And I, I think that I had referenced James when James had talked about quarrels and he had talked about this idea of quarreling leading to death. And I, I think it's whenever we're at the center of the quarrel that it leads us to sin because it's revealing these different, it's revealing greed, it's re- revealing covetousness, it's revealing jealousy, it's all these different things instead of this humbling, no, I'm thinking of, others around us because that will cause us to disagree in a way that is different. It's, it's, it's beautiful. God ends up using it. Yeah. I, I think that that idea of putting us at the center, I mean, here's the thing you mentioned, you know, yeah, we, we will divide and split over really petty things. The hard thing about saying that is that we, we all think that we only care about the important things. It's just a matter of like, you see as something as petty and I don't, I think it's a really big deal. And so 
like it's that thing when we talk about when churches will say, well, we, we major in the majors. Like everyone thinks they major in the majors. Like I don't know anybody who says, no, no, I like to make petty things really important. <laughs> right. <laughs> like there's somebody who thinks the carpet color is not a petty thing. And right. So it's, if yeah, just the yeah. measurement yeah. of that is like it's self-centered then. And so I think one of the things that we have to, I like what you said about preferences. And so if you're, if you're trying to figure this out, you know, if you're dealing with this, um, where you have friends who have kind of separated for whatever reason, and, and you've been really excited about something that's happening or what's happening a lot right now of a certain author or a certain like book or a certain church or whatever, or your own church. And, and you're really excited about it. And now somebody else is like, no, no, that's, like, I think that church is going that way. And so I'm going to be a part of this over here. I do think it's good for us to take a step back and say, okay, is this a preference? Um, it, is it a conviction or is this central to doctrine? Like, is this central to Christianity? And, and there's more categories probably than that. But I think preferences are things like you talked about of, you know, like, well, I prefer this, I prefer hymns or I prefer right. um, this type of preaching or I prefer um, these pro these specific programs. Um, I tend to think like those, you got to be really mindful, like, you know, of separating over that. Within a church family, you can, you can say, you know, well, I, I prefer this, like there's preferences that kind of come out, but if you're going to divide over preferences, that's typically, that's going to be a very self-centered yeah. thing. Um, but then there's a tier of convictions, which is what you talked about with baptism. Like baptism's a conviction. We have a conviction that the way we practice baptism and observe baptism is the faithful way to, to do that. Um, convictions are typically worth kind of separating if, um, when you don't share those in common. So if, if you have a conviction that, um, you know, like, like I said, with baptism or communion or, um, you know, certain things where you're saying like, this is, this is more than a preference. Like it would be like, you can, you can go against your preferences and not violate your conscience. Right. Right. So like I right, can go yeah. into a worship service and they could be singing hymns, and I prefer modern music or whatever, and they're singing hymns, and it's all led by an organ and choir or whatever, and I'm not violating my conscience by singing along with those, um, unless they're heretical hymns. That would be <laughs> right, a different thing. Right. Um, but you're, you're not going to violate your conscience by going along with other preferences. And in fact, it's often a very loving thing to do to lay down your own preferences and and serve others in that way and say, yeah, this isn't my preference. I do that. People think that, that like, well, when you're a pastor, you get to have all your preferences. Not at all. Like, we, yeah, we're, right. Nah, we're making yeah. our decisions, like how we do communion, how we sing songs, how we preach, like all these things. There's actually very little in our service on Sunday morning that is completely in line with my preferences. Right. Yeah. But it's what I feel like is like what I feel like God is asking us to do, and it's obedience. And as an elder team, we think like what is for the good of our church and moving us to worship. Um. So we should be willing and eager even to lay down our own preferences for the good of one another. But convictions, that's where, okay, I probably couldn't be a member of a church if it consistently violated convictions of mine. Now, I may not still, that's still not a dividing thing. I still might say like, look, you're a brother or sister in Christ. Um, but if I have a choice, like I, I can't, I, I can't participate. I have a conviction, um, about this certain thing 
and, and I just all that's popping in my head right now is baptism because you mentioned it, and it's such a clear, easy one. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what Paul would have talked about with with eating meat, sacrifice to idols. Like that's that's a conviction, which is why conscience comes into it. So if I do this thing that for me is sin, for me violates my conscience, well then then for me it's sin, but it may not be for you, but but that conviction may allow may bring me to say, you know what? I think I, to be faithful, I need to go down this different road than you're going down. I need to be a part of this church and not that church. But that's still not division. Like I still am looking at it and saying, yeah, but we're still brothers and sisters, right? Right, right. And and I think I, I also I also throw this in there just because, yeah, I I I feel it is if you're wrestling with that, I, I feel like these are the sort of things that. Our, our pastors want to work through with you. You know, I think sometimes people feel a little awkward as if we're going to try to drop. And I'm so glad that you said that about your preferences, because I think that is a really common misunderstanding of, well, it's about your preferences. It's about uh, Pastor Robbie's or, or Jeff's or any of the lay elders. It's about their preferences. And it's like, no, what we are seeking to, to do is to um, love others as best as God is calling us to, and to help send them out in the way that God is is calling them to. And oftentimes we've experienced, especially again in the last couple of years, we've experienced people that just kind of disappear. There's there's not a conversation. You you go, and and then a a couple months later, you'll see them in the grocery store. You're like, oh, how's how's it going? And and there's just, there's there's no conversation about it. And I've I've had conversations with people like, well, this was going on and we didn't want it because we thought it might be awkward and make you feel uncomfortable. Not at all. Like let's let's have a conversation about it. like our prayers is that we as God's people would be best witnessing here in Northeast Wisconsin and in the UP as as much as possible. And I think that that's our common goal. And this is what again goes back to Paul and Barnabas. We have this common goal, this unity in Christ, that we want the gospel to get out. We want to serve people. We want to love people well. And and sometimes we need discerning voices who are going to be able to speak into you know that that's a that's a conviction issue. Like maybe explore that, or you know that is a preference issue. And here's why it's a preference issue. Let's let's maybe figure out what it looks like to to help lay it down. And that's exactly what Philippians two talks about, right? That, right. that Paul says, look not only to your interest, but to the interest of others. And, um, that sentence kind of plays out like a, um, a mad gab interest kind of is like a fill in the blank. Look not only to your favorite sports team, but to the right. favorite sports team of somebody else or, you know, which is very hard for, for some sports fans well, to do. There's a good example of that would be service times. You know, like right uh, yeah, now, whether absolutely, you do yeah. one service or two services or whether you're like, do we meet at 930 or do we meet at eight? Like, that's very clearly a preference. And some people um, would prefer to meet earlier in the morning and some people later in the morning. But to look to the interests of others would be to not only consider how this affects me that we meet at this time, but how does it affect volunteers? How does it affect teachers? How does it affect like if you don't have a young family, how does this affect young families? If you are younger, how does this affect the older population? That's what preferences do. You know, like when you're saying, yeah, this is my preference, but this isn't, um, this isn't everybody else's. And so I want to lay down those right, for somebody right. else. And you're right. When somebody is struggling with that, a lot of times the discomfort is first felt in preferences. Yeah. And, you, and you, it takes time to learn like, well, what, is this actually a conviction or, or is it, and one way to kind of tell is to say like, well, do I think, could I continue 
like, could I, do I think I could be faithful following Jesus in a church that meets at nine 30 instead of nine? Well, hopefully the answer is <laughs> yeah, yes. Right. So like you talk yeah. about the Mad Lib thing, like that's a good sentence to say, could I, could I be faithful to Jesus by being a part of, of a church that does blank? And if it's, if that just sounds silly, like when you put your thing in there, like put that in there of like carpet color, could I, could I be follow, faithful in following Jesus in a church that has green carpet? Like hopefully when you say those things and you put it in there, you'd say, okay, that, that's obviously, then that's obviously a preference. We have people though that, you know, conviction comes into it and you say, yeah, I, I can't, but then there could be a way to coexist. So for example, we have people who believe in infant baptism that are part of our church, but they're a part of our church because they feel like this is where they're growing and this is where they can be the most faithful. They can follow Jesus most faithfully. We don't force them to change their view on that. We don't, we don't harp on them for that. They can hold to their convictions. We don't force them then to, to be baptized in a way that goes against their convictions. Now, if you, if we forced them to, now that would be where they would probably have to separate because right. if, if you're in a church where they are forcing you to go against your convictions, that's harder. Like that's, that's different. And, and, um, you know, preferences you lay down convictions is kind of like that middle ground of, well, as long as you're not violating your conscience in following Jesus, um, then, you know, I think you're fine. Then you go to the gospel centered issues where like Paul would divide over well, you're preaching a false gospel. Yeah. And so if, if the, on the flip side of that, you know, could I be faithful following Jesus in a church that encourages me every week to disobey Jesus? No. Well, like obviously yeah. no. Like I know that they think it's pretty obvious on that side, like where, you know, where they don't believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Like, well, no, I, I, I can't now I'm, I can't, I'm, I can't follow Jesus in that kind of environment. Right. Like that would, that, that's a clear, like, I don't even know that we're, we're not brothers and sisters at that point, you know? And um, I just think it's important that whenever we're dealing with these things to consider that. Now we don't know what Paul and Barnabas, like we don't know which category they felt it was in, but in hindsight um, it's somewhere between preference and conviction. Like, right. It was enough for them to clearly have a sharp disagreement and separate. Right. Right. And so that could lead to, it's possible that Paul had a certain view of how, how one is restored to ministry. Yeah. And that John Mark had a different view. And so Paul may have may have felt like it was violating his conscience to bring John Mark along. I we don't know. My guess is that um it wasn't it it was more like methodology and philosophy on this and, and where Paul just felt like convicted, like this is what I need to do and this is the way I need to go. And and John Mark, you know, or Barnabas felt the opposite. And so they yeah, they have a sharp they have a sharp disagreement. Sharp disagreement, yes. Um which is a great example of how we, it's okay to disagree. Yeah. It's okay to disagree. It's not okay when it harms the witness of the gospel. It's not okay when it is, is for, for petty reasons that disunify us. Like, right. I, th- I think that that's, that's the big thing. And my prayer is that we would be, after reading this, my prayer is that we would be so focused together as God's people on who God is and how he's calling us to love others that we don't have to worry about the petty things. That the petty things just kind of they they stay in that category. And we go green carpets, pink carpets, yeah, Pews, whatever chairs. Put us on turf. Burn. I don't right. care. Right. <laughs> like let's let's just worship the Lord. Let's tell other people about Him, and and let's go be His people. 
yeah, consistently we are called to lay down our preferences. That's yeah. just a really good rule of thumb is like our bent should be, if I find, if I realize that my problem here, my issue is a preference issue, then I think it's a safe bet to say, well, first step should be lay down that preference. Yep. Now God may give you your preference in some other season or whatever. And that's, that's fine. That's great. But, but that's usually a, a specific thing. Conviction issues like, yeah, that is where we need to, talk with one another you know and we do want to be a part of that it's amazing to me i think sometimes when people leave the church they think that i'm going to be mad at them and they forget that i love them like they forget that i care more about like i care more about their soul than than if they which family they're identifying with in that moment and so um i want to continue to shepherd in that and um and so I think like when you're dealing with something that is a conviction thing and, and this is for anybody, like talk to people about that. Um, and then if, if it is a gospel centered thing, like again, you got to talk about that and figure out if you find out that, no, I, I actually think, I think going in this direction is, is an affront to the gospel itself. Well then by all means, like go where, where you feel like you're, you're able to follow Jesus in that. Um, but one encouragement I would give, Cause you did touch on this of like the pain of, of losing people and separating yeah. from friends. And I just, I just want to, this is one like little personal plea I would give. If, if you have been dealing with that at all, if like those, if you've had those awkward, you know, grocery store yeah. encounters or whatever, like I would just plead with our church family to, to demonstrate grace and, and mercy and love. Like I, I can honestly say like the elders of our church love everybody that has, that has left. And I talked to pastors in other parts of the country and they are all grieving the same thing. Like there has been a major shift in restructuring um, in the church right now. And I just, all I can think of is constantly just like more grace, more grace, more grace, more grace. And, and, and give grace to one another because there are issues that I used to think were convictions, but now I realize were preferences. And there were things that I thought were doctrinal, core doctrinal issues that I now realize those are convictions. And so you're going to give space to people. You know, we tend to want to make everything a big deal because it justifies our feelings about it. And so, like I said, very few people just say, oh, yeah, no, I think we should totally divide over carpet color. Right. They'll have a reason why the carpet color is actually a conviction, like a theological conviction. It takes time sometimes for that to settle. And I think you see that with Paul and Barnabas, that there is a re- reuniting. There is a restoration of John Mark. There is redemption there. Paul may have softened. We don't know. Like, who knows? Maybe Paul had a conversation with John Mark and, and apologized to him for not taking it. We don't know. Um, and so we want to just give a lot of grace, um, and room for people to figure these things out. And then, but we should be praying that people are following Jesus. So like continue to follow Jesus, be a part of a church family somewhere, be fully invested, encourage people towards that and just give a lot of grace. Um, as we because it's just messy yep it is it so. is uh if you have any questions for the podcast you can send them in to us at connect at we're also on facebook thanks so much for listening i don't is there anything else you wanted to throw in there jay if you are well, listening you just, made, you just made that awkward why did i robbie make that never awkward? well robbie never gives me that opportunity because he knows once uh, yeah, you're gonna go. you <laughs> no That's i fair. just you know i was gonna say talk talk to us 
Yeah. Like, look, yeah. you know, church, if you're a part of faith church, we love you. Yeah. And, and if you are listening to this and you are not a part of a church, then we would love to help you get connected with a church family. We are not meant to walk the road of following Jesus alone. You see that all through scripture, we are meant, we are made for community. Um, and, and so it, that's really critical. And we would love to help you with that. And if you're struggling, maybe you go to, a, maybe you're from some other area and you go to another church and you're struggling with like things you, you can't figure out. Um, is this a preference? Is this conviction? Is this like a core doctrinal issue? Like we would love to help with that too and, and help you kind of figure that out. Um, because it is really critical right now that we understand what unity actually means um, and that we have it. Yeah. Because absolutely. the Bible calls us to have unity, and, and but then also calls us to stand for, for the truth of the gospel. And there's a lot of voices out there that try to confuse what all those things mean and redefine what all those things mean, but the Spirit doesn't. And if we're it's listening true. to the Spirit, yep. um, helping one another in that, then... I think we can discern that and walk faithfully. And that's our, that's our desire. So if you need help with that, please um, let us know. Don't do that alone. Don't just be a prisoner inside your own mind, figuring all this out. Listen to the spirit and trust some brothers and sisters in that process. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. All right. I now love you can it. Land the plane. I love it. All right. Let's land the plane. As you go this week, go in grace and peace. Mm-hmm.